the Spirit often reminds us, as Jesus would go on to say in chapter 6 of John's Gospel, of that miracle of the Israelites being fed in the desert for 40 years as they wandered through it. Because of God's infinite power, He can create things out of nothing. He can change one thing into another as well. And the miracle of the loaves and fish foreshadows the Holy Eucharist, foreshadows actually Holy Thursday, first, when Jesus will institute the, the Mass at the Last Supper. And he will institute that blessed sacrament, his own body and blood, the real presence of his flesh and blood under the appearance of bread and wine. And implicit, this argument runs like this, basically. Jesus can multiply bread to eat, okay? Um, he can also change ordinary bread and wine into what it was not before, into his own body and blood. And actually, the, the, it's a misnomer to say the loaves were multiplied. It doesn't say that. John is very careful. He says that 5,000 were fed on five loaves. So what happened here? Well, it wasn't the loaves that were multiplied. John says it very clearly. Five loaves fed 5,000. Jesus multiplied the presence of those loaves. This is really why it foreshadows the Holy Eucharist. They kept breaking off bread, and more would come. That presence was multiplied. This is, this is a mystery. And it, it foreshadows the mystery of the Eucharist, because in the Eucharist, each host contains the presence of Christ. It is Christ's presence that has multiplied in the Eucharist. We don't have a different Jesus in each host, but we have his presence multiplied. Just to use an analogy, if I were being filmed and shown on, through, through electronic media on every television uh, screen throughout the world, okay, uh, my presence would be multiplied, but I would be multiplied, okay, but my presence would be. That's, that's uh, a loose analogy for what happens in, in the Eucharist. Jesus' presence, he is in heaven right now, okay, with his glorified body and blood, but he is present under the appearance of every host, okay, every particle of the host. And this is why his, his miracle of feeding 5,000 on a few loaves and fish is, is a, a foreshadowing of this great sacrament of the Holy Eucharist and his real presence in the Eucharist. And in the Mass, during the Holy Sacrifice, we experience this, this great miracle. The Mass, you could say, is the heart and soul of our Catholic faith. If there is no Mass, there is no Catholic Church, there is no hierarchy, there is no priest, there is no sacraments. And it is the sacrifice of the Mass that is key. That's what Martin Luther rejected the Protestants. The Mass is not a sacrifice. That's why they do not have priests, because priests offer sacrifice. The Mass is a sacrifice in this sense, because it represents the bloody physical sacrifice of Christ on Calvary in an unbloody, non-physical way. The same way he did it at the Last Supper. That's why he said to his apostles, do this in memory of me. 
There's only one sacrifice Jesus offered that sacrifice on Calvary. He merited on Calvary. There's no meriting at the Mass. But at Mass, the merits of Christ on Calvary are applied. And that sacrifice on Calvary is represented under the form of bread and wine in an unbloody, non-physical way. The primary purpose of the Mass is to give glory to God. That's okay, first what it does. And this is the form of worship that God desires, that he has revealed to us. That's why we must you know, propagate our faith, because God wants every single person on earth to be worshiping him in this way, through the Mass, through his sacrifice represented. That sacrifice on Calvary, which is what the Mass is, represented in an unbloody, non-physical manner. And God wants everyone to worship him in this manner. We are doing it rightly. Everyone else is not doing it rightly. And this is why we must evangelize them and propagate our faith, the fullness of that Catholic faith. The second purpose of the Mass is to bring salvation to people. Because, as I said, Christ merited the salvation of Calvary, but the Mass is an applied redemption. I steal this term from the greatest catechist of the last century, Father John Harper. Applied redemption. The graces that Christ merited are applied. They flow out to the world. If the mass stopped in the world, throughout the world, uh, grace would stop flowing. No, grace comes through this mass. This mass and every mass offered throughout the world. And the intention of Christ is that it brings salvation to all peoples of all nations through communion with Christ, who is the bread of life, the living bread from heaven. The Eucharist is a sacrament, which means it is an outward visible sign instituted by Christ to signify the grace and communicate that grace to us. The man in the desert, in the Old Testament, the multiplication of the loaves, and the new find their fulfillment really in the Holy Eucharist. And one continuing fruit of the Mass is Jesus present in the tabernacle. He's present here so not only we can bring him to the sick who can't come to Mass, but also that we can worship and adore him in this most blessed sacrament. He who is hidden from our eyes, we believe in faith that he is really present. And during this period of Lent, we should try to receive our Lord in Holy Communion as often as possible, or confession, make self-denial, and visit him with the Blessed Sacrament, spend some time with Jesus. He's always there waiting for us. He says, come to me all you who are burdened, loaded down with burdens, and I will refresh you, I will give you rest. Even if we can't make a Holy Communion, we can always make a spiritual communion with our visits to Jesus. And I believe even in the, uh, many of the, the prayer books, you know, you, there are good prayers for a spiritual communion. In the, the green books we have in the pews, there's a spiritual communion. Uh, you know, the Israelites in the desert lived on manna for about 40 years. And we have to live spiritually through receiving Christ's body and blood in Holy Communion. This is what Jesus says, if we keep reading, 
John's Gospel when the Jews, after they were fed by him on, on that bread, they come back the next day and Jesus says, I am the living bread that has come down from heaven. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. These are truly words of hope. Let us rejoice in these words on this late Sunday. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.